We're going to spend much more time in this passage next week because there's so much for us here, much, much more than we can cover in about 15 or 20 minutes this morning. Titled the message, Christ's Mission and Ours, because it serves as a reminder to us that Jesus was on a mission, and he still is, and that we share in that mission, even today, wonderfully so. In coming to chapter 9, we come to one of the most familiar encounters in the Gospel of John, this encounter between Jesus and the man who was born blind. He was blind from birth. This man sat outside the temple begging on a regular basis, apparently, begging for food or money or material things, perhaps not unlike the beggars we see on our very own street corners. But on this day, this blind beggar got far more than he could have ever imagined, for on this day, he unexpectedly met Jesus, saw Jesus, and soon came to believe in Jesus. I want to focus this morning on verses 3 and 4. Under these three main headings, I want us to consider the display of God's glory. And then I want us to consider the glory of Christ. And then finally, to consider our glorious participation in the ministry of Christ. And again, this is just an abbreviated thought, really... It serves as a bit of a review as to where we've been in the Gospel of John and a bit of a preview as to where we're going. Here's my, guard, my guiding thought. My guiding thought is that God desires to display His glory. God desires to display His glory. This He does in Christ and through Christ. And listen, in and through everyday followers of Christ. God desires to display His glory. This He does in Christ and through Christ and in and through everyday followers of Christ. I want to zero in on the fact that Jesus healed this man for one main reason. And that is the glory of God. Jesus says in verse 3 that the reason this man was blind, the reason he was blind, and the reason Christ restored his sight was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. It all speaks of God's goodness and God's glory. It stresses the goodness of God and it highlights the glory of God, the glory of God that was soon to be displayed in this blind man. So my first point is simply this. God is good and he desires to display his glory. God is good. And he desires to display his glory all the time. 
I mean, that's the implication, right? It's right there in the text. Jesus said that the works of God were to be displayed in this man, which means that God desired good for this man. He wanted to reveal himself to this man by restoring this man's sight. God displayed his glory in this man. Listen. Let us not forget that God wants to be known. God wants to be known. He wants to display his power and might. He wants to reveal his goodness. He wants to make known his glory. He wants to make clear the fact that he exists and is actively involved in the world in which we live. But not only in the world, but more personally and more intimately, actively involved in our individual lives. What would it mean for you today, even right now, to remember that God is actively involved in your life today? in the circumstances of your life today. That God wants to make himself known to you today. He wants to do good to you today. He wants to display his glory to you in your life today. The circumstances surrounding this blind man were difficult, to say the least. And it was right in the midst of those very same circumstances that the glory of God would have made manifest in his life. God wants to work good in our everyday lives for his glory. And this he does in and through Jesus Christ. From the get, John has said that in Jesus Christ, we see the glory of God. In the very first section of John's gospel, remember, in the opening prologue, John said that in Christ, there is the life of God and light from God. And in Christ, we see God's glory. It says, full of grace and truth. In Christ, it says we receive grace upon grace. From the very beginning, John said that Jesus Christ is the only God who makes God known. Jesus, the eternal one who was in the beginning with God, is in fact God with us. To hear Jesus then is to hear from God. To look at Jesus is to see God. To watch Jesus in ministry, to watch him minister to others is to observe the heart of God in action. Therefore, God's glory and the glory of Christ are one and the same. Isn't that what we've seen thus far in John's gospel? We see Jesus enter the everyday lives of everyday people. From the learned to the unlearned, from the religious to the irreligious, from the moral to the immoral, 
from those of high social standing to those with no standing at all. From Nicodemus in chapter 3 to the Samaritan woman of chapter 4 to the lame man of chapter 5, we have seen the goodness of God in action. We have witnessed the glory of Christ. From the wedding at Cana where water became wine to the healing of the official's son to the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, we have seen the glory of God in the glory of Christ. Even amidst the rising opposition of chapter 5 that escalated in chapters 7 and 8, Jesus was teaching and calling men and women to trust him and to entrust themselves to him. He was patient and persevering. He was loving. And he loved people like you and me, people like us who experience the goodness of God in the glory of Christ. That's the very reason John wrote this gospel, remember? He says near the end that Jesus did many other signs which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So from beginning to end, we see God's goodness and glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and, This is a very, very important and. And we see Jesus himself teaching his people to participate with him in glorious ministry. When he called them, they followed. That's Christian discipleship. That's the very essence, the heart of Christian discipleship. To follow Jesus, to learn from Jesus, to do what Jesus instructs and commands. Those early disciples, as you know, they weren't elite. They weren't necessarily the cream of the crop. They were just, they were just everyday Dudes or dudettes who simply loved Jesus and they were learning how to follow him. They didn't have it all figured out at the beginning. No, they had to learn what it meant to love and follow him. And in chapter 9, when they ask about this blind man, Jesus stresses to them God's goodness and God's glory and God's glorious work in the world. And then he says to them in verse 4, we must work the works of him who sent me. Meaning that that God not only displays his glory in Christ and through Christ, but what we see here is that God displays his glory in and through everyday followers of Christ. 
He said, we must work the works of God who sent him. We, he said. And the we here means we. It means us. It means that God works in our lives for our good and his glory. And then God works through our lives in the lives of others. It means that by God's design, we share. Can you believe this? We share in glorious ministry with Christ. We minister with him. And and it means that we must share in this ministry. Isn't that what it says? It says we must work the works of God we must God sent Jesus and Jesus is sending us Jesus was on a mission and we share in that mission in the case of Justin and Amy and Sienna they're being sent to Prague and as a church we're going to commission them together here in just a bit but listen the mission is not for them only and not for the other side of the world only know this ministry is for us too it's for you too it's for each one of us every every follower of Jesus Christ is sent commissioned as it were by Jesus himself to share in what he is doing in the lives of others. No matter how old you are, how experienced you are, God gifts you for this. God equips you for this. God leads you and is with you in this. That's the whole purpose of sharing it's not all on you it's his work but you're part of it and so am i as with the blind man god desires to work good for people to the display of his glory and he desires that we participate in this work he aims to do things in us and through us he aims to do things for us and from us that are far beyond our own ability, for we are God's workmanship, right? We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. These aren't just any works. These aren't just any works. These are the works of God. This isn't just busy church work. It's God's work. And it's worked out in the contexts of our homes and our neighborhoods and our schools and our places of work. It's worked out in our relationships with those whom God places in our lives. It's worked out in our churches, even as the church goes out in love for God and in love for others. You see, when God's purpose and priority become our own, It's then when we're doing his work. And so again, this is just a little bit of a review, just a little review of what we've seen thus far in the Gospel of John and and just a brief preview 
of what's to come. And it's timely. And as we now close, or we close for now, to commission the Myers, the mayors, the mayors, the mayors, the mayors, right? The mayors. So we commission the mayors. I just want to encourage you by reminding you that God is good and God does display his glory in your life and through you into the lives of others. He does display his glory in our world and in your world, right where you are, whether in Prague or Uganda, as the Kinneys, they've just returned, or in Granite Bay, or in Citrus Heights, or in Fair Oaks, or in Roseville, or in El Dorado Hills. As we share in this act of commissioning together, I, I just want to encourage you again to trust Christ. And to walk alongside Christ. And to serve together with Christ. Wherever you are. For your good. And for the good of those around you. And to the glory of God's great name. Amen. Amen.